Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Hey, I just want to I just want to say how much of an honor it is to be able to be compared to Paul for good looks. <laughs> I mean, um I would I would I would like to say how much of an honor it is to be able to share the Word of God at Excite Church, and, and I just want to honor our pastors, Paul and Ruth, for giving me the opportunity to do that. And I just want to say how much of an honor it is to be a part of this church family as well. And, uh, and I tell you what, I get a little bit emotional about it um, when I think this, I haven't been around for the last two Sundays, um, no one would have noticed, but I was, uh, <laughs> Matt noticed. Um, I, went over, I went over to Australia uh, for a week, to Canberra, to remind myself why I don't live there anymore. And, um, and I happened to do it when uh, my wife had just given birth to a new baby, and she had a two-and-a-half-year-old toddler to look after on her own at home with a baby. Yep, I get husband points for that. <laughs> Just skip the country. But I tell you what was really humbling about that experience was uh, just seeing the way that our church family came together and supported my wife in my absence. And I was really worried about that. You see, I, I flew out to Australia and then when I, when I committed to do this, um, this trip to Australia, I found out shortly afterwards that my mum was also flying out the same day to go on a holiday, and uh, my sister was also flying out um, the day after to go to a holiday, and we we're all going to be away in the same week, and my mum and my sister are the two in my family who are my, my, my wife's go-to to come and help with the daughter. Um, so I bailed, mum bailed, Beth bailed, but praise God that we have such an awesome church family here in Excite, and we're so blessed to be a part of it. So thank you guys. Thank you guys. You know who you are that came around, and, and, and just even the prayer, especially the prayer that, uh, that went out to my wife, and I'm just humbled by that. So thank you guys. I just want to honor you guys for that. Um, but before I go further into this, I just want to... Um, well, I just want to say that this is, this is based on... Uh, on Moses, there was a there was a part in the Old Testament where um, God got fed up with the Israelites, which happened every now and then. <laughs> he called them a stiff-necked people, and uh, and God said, "Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send someone ahead of you to go sort the way out, but you know what? I'm not going with you guys from here because if I go with you, I'm probably just gonna kill you all because." I'm that fed up, you know. <laughs> that's from the that's from the Reuben revised version. <laughs> um, I, you know, if 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 I if I carry on with the stiff-necked people, I'm going to lose my temper. Is what he said, and Moses interceded on behalf of the people like he did so many times, and he sat there in the presence of the Lord and he said, "Lord, if you're not going to come with us, we don't want to go." If you're not going to come with me, don't send us. Don't send us. So as I share this morning on the presence, the presence of the Lord, 
this is this is the sort of central theme. So in saying that, I just want to offer this up in prayer. So thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you that you have uh, given me the opportunity to stand here in your presence and with your help to share your word this morning. Father, I pray that this is your word that you've put on my heart, and I pray that there is someone here who came in this morning who needs to hear this. Someone here who's ready to hear this, Father. Lord, I just pray that ears are open, eyes are open, hearts are softened, and that the soil is ripe for the seed to be planted here this morning. In Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So that scripture I was talking about, Exodus 33, 15 to 16. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably upon me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. How many of you know that we're set apart? That we're different? That there's something different about us that people can actually recognize whether or not they know the Lord? they can recognize that there is something different about us. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of a story. It's going to be a bit of storytelling this morning. If you guys are all right with a bit of storytelling. This last week, uh, well, the, the week that I went away to Australia, I flew in on the Saturday, and on the Sunday morning, or on the Saturday night, I was Googling churches, because um, I'm super spiritual like that. I go away and I just search for churches. Um, <laughs> But I'm Googling for a local church that I can go to on the Sunday. And I find this, uh, this church, it's called Fusion City Church in Canberra. And I, it, it's at this primary school. And I rock up to the primary school. And there's a Fusion City Church sign. And I'm trying to find my way into the entrance. And this woman's rushing about. And she, comes, she goes, yeah, come in. Here's the entrance here. I walk in and I'm immediately greeted by three people. And in the first 10 minutes, so one of, them's, one of them's a sax player, and he's playing saxophone in the worship team that, that morning. I'm a sax player. I didn't mention anything about that to him, but one of them's a sax player, and, and he immediately, we get on like a house on fire because sax players are just cool people. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he invites me to dinner that night. I've known this guy for about three and a half minutes. And he invites me to come to dinner. And so I'm like, sure, why not? And, uh, and the service was great. Everything was fantastic. And then that night, I went around to dinner at this guy's place, Pete. And, um, and he did some uh, Google research on me in the meantime. So if you're listening to this sermon, Pete, don't worry. I'm not going to say anything bad. I'm going to say everything good. See, Peter was set apart. His family is set apart. And you could see that. You could see that in everyone in that building. You know, if someone invited me for dinner out on the street, a kitty kitty, and I didn't know who they were, I would think that's a bit weird. 
But when I'm in the house of God and I'm surrounded by our extended family, because that's what we are, and that's what I felt. And this guy, he was inviting me to dinner because I was just a brother. And we have been set apart. And what sets us apart is the presence of the Lord that we carry. Amen? Amen? You see, because in Moses' time, he was terrified because the presence of the Lord dwelt uh, he dwelt in this tent of meeting. He'd come down and, and, and meet with Moses, and then he'd be a cloud in the day and, and things like that. He was, he was separate from the people at that time. But today, you and I, we carry his presence with us. Amen? And so this, this whole church of people and, and Peter and his family, they were set apart. And I was so at home with my brother, who I'd never met but he was my family. And that's who we are to those that visit. And who's, who's visiting here this morning? I know, I know you put your hands up before, but I was, at the, I was at the front desk. Welcome home. Welcome home. You're here, you might be here for the first time, but we're family. Amen? And I hope you feel that, because we are. We're a family here. <laughs> and I tell you what, we, it's like the American Express we shouldn't leave home without him. We shouldn't leave home without the presence. Amen? And, yeah. and we don't. We don't leave home without him. He's there all the time. But I tell you what, there's some people here that are going, yeah, 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 we've got the presence of the Lord, but sometimes I don't feel it. Sometimes, sometimes I, don't, I don't feel like I'm carrying the presence of the Lord around, you know? When I'm, when I'm feeling like everything's going a bit wrong... And I'm feeling like, well, I'm struggling with this thing, and, and the Lord said he was going to help me with it, but where is he? You know? Sometimes we, we don't feel like it. And I was thinking the other day, because I've got a, um, now my son's nearly a month old now, and, uh, and I was talking to my wife the other day, and I said to her, wouldn't it be neat if the presence of the Lord sometimes was like a newborn baby? Every couple of hours he just screamed, so you knew he was there. You know, you'd be sleeping in the middle of the night and, oh, there you are, Lord. <laughs> Some of us, I think we need that. Yeah, We need that reminding, yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think if, if he was like an infant like that, that we might have a little more faith in some situations. In Matthew 8, 23 and 27, let me just read this to you. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. How many of you know that when Jesus gets into the boat, it doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing. And it doesn't mean that he's going to be standing on the bow, rebuking every wave that comes your way and clearing your path for you, and it's going to be you sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us! We're going to drown. Jesus responded, 
Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Do you think he was angry that they woke him up? Do you think that's why he was a bit moody and he told them that they had no faith? I don't think so. I think he rebuked them for their lack of faith. It's the statement following, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They had made up their mind that they were going to drown. Here they were in a boat with the Lord Jesus Christ, carrying the presence of the Lord, and because they couldn't see him moving, and because he was sleeping in the boat, they surmised that they were going to drown, that this was it, this was the end. And I think sometimes when we are in the mix of it, when we're in the midst of it, and that when the waves are breaking over our bows, all we can do is look at the waves and look at the wall in front of us and look at this crushing tide and forget about the fact that we've got Jesus sleeping in the boat and forget about the fact that he's got a plan and a purpose for us and worry right now about this thing that's in front of us and surmise that it will overcome us. And so I think it's not that Jesus was woken up or that Jesus was called on that made him feel they had little faith. It was that they had immediately determined that they were going to be overcome. And I encourage you this morning, if you are facing something like that, and Jesus is in your boat, yes, we have to go through some waves and we have to go through some storms, but he has already overcome them. That's why he's sleeping in the boat. He has already overcome them. And what really moves the hand of God is faith. Amen? So we can, we can be sailing the boat with Jesus in it. But until we demonstrate that we have that faith, are we going to see his hand move in a mighty way in our lives? Then Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was great calm and the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Even your addictions and your afflictions obey him. Even your shame and your, your struggles in life, they recognize his authority and they obey him. Amen. He wants us to rest in that. Jesus sleeping in the boat. He's modeling what he wants us to do, in a way. Yeah. Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's fantastic. In Exodus 17, 8 to 13. This is, this is where I want to talk about sacrificial worship, sacrificial worship. And when people think about sacrificial worship, you might think about worshipping with your money or worshipping with your time 
or uh, giving something up that you love dearly in order to show your faith that, that God will provide. The sacrificial worship I'm talking about is giving up those things that you you think you you don't want in your life and you think you want to be rid of, but you're you're kind of holding on to them. Unforgiveness and shame and your little pet grudge that you're keeping alive. Things like this. These sometimes these are the things that we need to sacrifice. Sometimes these are the things we need to let go of. But let's just read this scripture together. Exodus 17, 8 to 13. While the people of Israel were still in Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men, go out and fight the Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I'm just going to go for a walk. You go fight them, I'm just going to go walk up this hill. If I was Joshua, I'd feel a little bit like, um, okay. <laughs> you go fight them. I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded, and he fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. It's important to note that Joshua still went and fought the army of Amalek. We still need to go into battle. But it's about what gives us the edge in the battle. It's about what guarantees us the victory. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. Every time a praise song plays, and when I first came to Christ, I used to praise like this and, and, uh, and, and worship like this. But every time now, I've got this revelation that every time now, when a praise song comes on and a worship song comes on and I hold up my arms... I see Moses on top of the hill holding his staff. It's a faith action. And you don't feel like doing it. We do it anyway. That's right, Andrew. We do it anyway. You don't feel like doing it. And it gets sore. Man, those praise songs are long sometimes. Like four and a half minutes. Why did I choose to sit in the front row? Everyone will see when I go like this. And I... Where's my, where's my Aaron and my her? Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. But this is, this is the scripture that I see in my mind when I'm worshiping in the mornings, you know, because sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes you don't feel like it. But I tell you what, it's those times, it's those acts of sacrificial worship that will activate God's presence in you. It's those statements of faith that will move his hand in your life. The whole Bible is full of it. The whole Bible is full of it. People doing things that they think are the right thing, and they get really confused when Jesus turns around and says, oh, actually, there wasn't much faith involved in that. 
Faith is the currency I seek. <laughs> as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. As long as you hold up God in your worship, you will have the advantage. As long as even though you're tired and something is weighing down on you, as long as even, even if your marriage is falling apart, as long as that person is still doing that thing that you hate, that you just can't quite forgive them for, as long as you just hold up your hands in worship, you will have the advantage. You will overcome this. You will overcome this. Because I tell you what, the victory is actually already yours. Through Christ, He's already won it. And all He asks for you is not to just sit there and try and walk out all these Christian principles that are written in the Bible. These things happen to you when you just hold up your hand in a faith action. These things are just added to you and that you are able to overcome through Him. It is him that makes the difference. It wasn't Joshua down there swinging his sword making the difference. He was an instrument. It was Moses on top of the hill holding the staff that gave him the advantage. Amen? Amen? Moses' arms, oh, it says, but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. gained the advantage. If we're dropping our hands and we're focusing more on the battle in front of us and what we can do with the sword in our hands and what we can do on our own withering strength, we're going to feel like it's gaining the advantage on us. We're going to feel like, Lord, wake up, we're, we're going to drown. Hold up your hand. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. You think those praise songs are long? <laughs> I'm telling you, you might be holding your hands up for a whole day. You might be holding your hands up for a whole week. You might be sitting in this room and you have been holding your hands up for what feels like most of your life. And you're tired. So I'm asking you, where is your Aaron and where is your her? Moses was never meant to climb to that top of that hill by himself with his staff. They wouldn't have won. Have you guys been to the gym? I know Pete's been to the gym. Have you done, have you done these ones where you, you've got your dumbbells in your hand and you're doing this? 
How long do you reckon you can do that for? <laughs> One second. Yeah, you'd be beating my record. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to hold up your hands. And it's the same for us in sacrificial worship, but we're not feeling it. Sometimes we need others to gather around us and lift our hands for us. And that's why Jesus didn't ask us to all go out by ourselves and do our own thing. That's why we have church. That's why we have community. That's why when I go to Australia and I've been there for one night and I Google a church and I walk in, someone invites me for dinner. That's why when someone new walks into here and we ask them to fill out a Kyoto card, this isn't, this isn't so that we can, uh, we can get more numbers on our database. It's, it's not so that we can send you emails about how great we are. It's, it's, not, so, it's not so we can track you down because we don't have enough friends. Well, I could do with some more friends. It's so that we can make sure you've got your Aaron and your her. It's so that when we can see that you're struggling, that you are struggling to keep your arms up, that we can be there for you with a rock to sit on and hold your arms with you. Where's your Aaron and your her? Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. You want to keep that advantage. You want to keep that advantage, amen? Sacrificial worship. Worship when you don't feel like it. Laying down the things that you hate but you don't want to let go of. Unforgiveness. The Lord's telling me that there's, un there's unforgiveness. There's, there, is, there is someone here that needs to forgive someone. And I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this where I'm just going to ask people to come up and receive prayer. But there's someone that's come in here this morning that needs to forgive someone. I've heard it again and again already in the service, talk about unforgiveness. And this is one of these things that you need to sacrifice. You need to sacrifice this. Let it go. Jesus said to pick up our cross and follow him daily. And this has been interpreted all sorts of ways, and, but something God has shown me as I've meditated on this word is that if we're going to pick up our cross, it was a big cross. You need both hands. And if you've walked in here carrying things like unforgiveness and you've walked in here carrying bags like your pet grudge on a leash and you've walked in here you've walked in here carrying hurt or guilt or shame you're going to need to put those bags down to pick up that cross and follow him you're going to need to free up your hands free up your hands and it's not it's Christ said I died he died on the cross the word said he died on the cross not so that you can live for yourself but that you can live for he who died for you. Amen? You can live for he who died for you. Now that's not a prison sentence. That's the sound of chains falling off your, off your wrists. 
That's the sound of chains being smashed from your ankles. Because when we're living for ourselves, we are living for all of these things that we define ourselves by. We're living for, we're living for the problems we're encountering. We're living for the storm. We are fighting something that we can't win ourselves. So when he said, I died there so that you could live for me and not for you, he's saying, I died there so that I can come and I can abide in you and you can walk with my presence and you can walk out the calling that I've put on your life since before I even set the foundations of the earth and that I will give you the means to do it if you'll just have faith, if you'll just drop those bags, and if you'll pick up that cross and you will walk with me. Is someone ready to walk with him this morning? Is someone ready to walk with him this morning? As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. You want the advantage over your enemy, over your finance, over that toxic work environment, over your marital issues. You want the advantage over the storm. They all know his name. They all recognize his authority. Let go. Amen? Let go. You still have to fight. Joshua still had to fight. There'll still be a storm when Jesus climbs in your boat. But praise God, we can rest in him. Amen? Praise God, we can rest in him. This is the freedom that living a life in Christ gives us. Amen. Amen. So I want to give you an opportunity now. I'm going to give us all an opportunity for prayer, for things that we need to drop. But first of all, the first thing that we need to get in line here is we need to accept the presence of Christ in our lives. We need to, ex we need to accept Christ into our lives. And so if there is someone here, I want to give you that opportunity. If you have never asked Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted Him in, I want to give you that opportunity now because it's the single most freeing thing you will do in your life to unlock that. So I'd just like everyone's head bow and every eye closed in this moment. And I'm not going to call you up the front here, and I'm not going to shame you out. But I would be honored if you would allow me to pray with you. It's a simple prayer. Just to ask the Lord into your life. So if that's you, if you have never accepted Jesus into your life, if there's always been something holding you back, but right now you can feel him knocking on the door of your heart, I just want you to be bold in this moment, and I want you to raise your hand. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want you to raise your hand. 
nice and high so I can see it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Awesome. Praise God. I'm just going to leave it for another minute. If there's anyone here, if you can feel him knocking on the door of your heart and you need that change and you want that advantage over your circumstance, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. And if you've been away from him, if you've been away from him and you've gone and you've done your own thing and you haven't, you haven't asked for him in a while and you don't know where you stand, I want you to raise your hand right now as well. And I just want to pray with you. Raise your hand. Praise God. Thank you. For those that raise your hand, I just want you to pray with me this simple prayer. And I just ask all our congregation to pray this with us all together. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you into my heart this morning as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you were raised by God from the dead. And that I am a new creation in you. I'm sorry for having done it myself. But I turn now and follow you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give them a big hand clap. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to have our awesome worship team here just minister to us for a bit. And in that time, whoever it was that I spoke to that needs to forgive someone, I want you to be bold in this moment. And, and I want you to come up along with, along with anybody else who has something that they need to sacrifice this morning that they need to sacrifice so they, they can put it aside and walk with God this morning so as everyone stands, everyone get to your feet and as we worship together our team's going to be here ready to pray with you and release you from those things, praise God